Hey, Mom. Hey, you. You're listening to Tend and Befriend, a podcast for women and their loved ones to find the answers to questions they have about stages of a woman's life. We're here to guide you on your day-to-day struggles with health. We will be talking about physical, mental, and emotional topics. We want to show you that you are not alone. This path has been traveled before, and we can join you on your journey. Each episode, I will be joined by either a guest telling her story of birth, pregnancy, and other health-related journey, or a health provider who has solutions for us. We want to bring awareness to the standard of care for women and to show professionals that we need care that is based outside of statistics and more into our stories and our own bodies. Tend and Befriend is going to be a space for women to courageously share their stories, to connect, to transform, and to remember how worthy and powerful our gender can be. We are here to be honest, to be raw, to be truthful and vulnerable, as well as respectful to each other and to our differences. We are going to split the world open with love for one another. And now I will ask you, do you have your favorite medical professional on speed dial? Have you recently Googled a health-related issue and gotten a definite answer? Do you have a group of women in your life that have all the answers? Right here, right now, we're asking everything and we're saying anything. Please join us. morning and thank you for joining us on this episode. Today we're talking to my wonderful friend Melina Lewis. Melina is the boy mom of two ninja boys age 14 and 9, Joshua and Julian. Melina is a licensed medical radiation and imaging expert and she has been doing this for 22 years. She's here to help us get a better understanding of everything RI and how it all can affect our body. Good morning Melina. Good morning, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thank you for being here with me this morning. You're welcome. I had this conversation many times. I think it's time we recorded it. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about about your career first. So like you said, I've been working 22 years and I'm required to do several different things, uh, including educating people. Also, I help teach some of our students and I'm required to image in the OR ER, special procedures, and also working directly with our radiologist. So let's go back a little bit and talk about your schooling. How long of the schooling is it? Mine was two years straight. Yes. They've changed the program a little bit. So some are broken up into three years. Yes. And some are even four-year degree programs. Nice. Can you study that here in Ontario? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then after you get your schooling, there's a license that you have to pass, right? Right. It's a licensing exam. Okay. And then you get a registration? Yes. And then you have to maintain that license? Right. Is there CEUs involved? There are education that you have to complete every year. It's uh, 24 hours, I believe, yearly. Okay. And you have to submit that and they can audit you to ask you questions about it. Right. About same as any other governing body of the health professionals. That's right. And then you have to have insurance, right? Yes. Liability insurance? Yes. So we're covered through the hospital because yes. I work in a hospital. Yeah. In a couple of different manners, you can belong to the Canadian Society and that covers you your liability. Okay. But you can also pay for it through, uh, like I paid through my union. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so just because, because, of that, insurance. because it's yeah. in a hospital form. Right. Okay. 
So you talked about that you teach other students. So basically they go to schooling and we're teaching hospitals. So you have to guide them. Right. Right. And they're with us for a year. Yeah. Yeah. So you're working at the hospital and you know, you said some of the things that that you work with some departments that you work in. Tell us what a little bit of what a day looks like for you. As in like, what tests are you doing? If you're in the OR, you know, here we're not a great big city here in Windsor, Ontario, but we still see a lot of different things. So talk about that with me. So in the OR, we're essentially providing live live view for the doctor. Okay. So as the doctor is operating, we can see it. So oh. anything orthopedic where they're putting in a screw or a pin in a plate, uh, they like us there so that they can measure properly and get uh, the correct size for the patient. And get it into the correct. So they're guiding it yeah. visually. Right. Okay. So we provide imaging for that. Okay. Yeah. We do other things in there, uh, pacemakers and urology cases where we assist the doctor. Okay. But most of the day, if you're in the regular department, is just doing regular imaging that has been scheduled, right? Most of our patients aren't actually scheduled. Oh. Um, right now with COVID, things are a little different. But yeah. before you could just show up and we would x-ray you. And then uh, we do a lot in the ER. Obviously, those patients aren't scheduled. Right. So how many of you are on staff on a regular shift? During the day, we have, I believe, 10. Mm -hmm. On afternoons, we have three. And then on the next, we have one. Oh, yeah. One. One tech. That's not a lot. No. (laughs) You need assistance. You're, You're out of luck. Well, there's a CT tech on midnights also. Okay. And uh, he or she is also an x-ray tech. Okay. So if we get into trouble, they're also available. Oh, that's good. We don't often require the help though. Okay. So you are trained in all of those things though. Yes. MRI, CT, and x-ray. I'm not trained in MRI. Okay. Is that a different skill? It's, they are also x-ray techs, but yeah. it's uh, an additional, I believe it's an additional year. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. yeah. I really wanted to talk about a little bit about the effect on, I guess, pregnant women and postpartum and babies and that stuff. And I feel that a lot of times women don't ask those questions. They just assume that the doctor is sending them and that everything is okay. And yes, most of the time it is, but... I want to kind of just kind of banter with that about that with you for a little bit. But before we go there, I want to talk about, you know, some of the hard parts of your career and then some of the greatest parts of it. Tell me a little bit about some of your highs and lows. For me, the hardest is probably children because I hate seeing injured children or sad children. Yeah. And they don't fully understand what we're doing. So that's a little tough. Mm -hmm. That's, not the best for sure. I can't say I love going to codes, cardiac arrests. No. It's um, gonna be tough. Do you guys get like grief counseling of some sort for any of that? It's available. I can't say any of us use it. No. Most of the time we just talk to each other because really who better knows your job than your coworker? Yeah. Um, so find that's how most of us get through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good that you can lean on each other. What has been some of the greatest parts? It's just nice even getting a thank you from a patient. It makes you feel like you've done something important. 
it's nice to be acknowledged by the doctors. And when they say you've taken a really nice image, which obviously helps them in the long run and helps the patient. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find that the schooling here in Ontario is efficient to, you know, the future graduates, like to our future x-ray techs, I suppose I'm asking? Um, Yeah, I think so. I went to Fanshawe. I really like the way they have the program set up. I can't speak about all the other programs because I don't know them. Right. uh, Yeah, they have to cover a certain amount of info because we have to pass that licensing exam. And so the licensing exam is the same for everyone, no matter where you've done your schooling. Okay. So they all have to cover some basics. And do you like that part of, of your job, teaching? Yeah. You do? I do, yeah. It yeah, keeps you on your toes, keeps you fresh. Yeah, for sure. Because there is a lot of things, once you've been registered for that length of time, that fresh stuff that, you know, straight out of school, right? Yeah. And also, you become an expert in your environment, right? right. So whatever you see on a day-to-day basis yeah. becomes your expert field. Right. And you forget some of the stuff that you're not exposed to. That's right. So for sure. But I can definitely see you loving teaching. Yeah. I see that in your personality, for sure. What I see every day, obviously, is with pregnant women. And a lot of times when they come to see me, I'm noticing that they don't have a lot of information. I mean, talk to me about that a little bit. Like, they don't really know why, and they don't really know how many is safe. Like, go there with me. Yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of information provided to the patients. I don't know if the doctors just assume that we know. Yeah. But really, no amount of radiation is safe. Yeah. And usually people are surprised to hear that. So we were talking about the risk and the exposure to radiation. And you had said that there's no amount of radiation that is safe for us. Do you think most people know that? No, I don't. Why isn't it talked about? I mean, obviously we can't figure out that world answer, but I don't know if it's just an assumption that doctors, medical professionals just think we know that. As a public, we are public, right? right. But no, it's not safe, but you have to weigh the benefits versus the risk. If you really need the x-ray, the CT, then absolutely get it. But if you don't, maybe you wait for a little bit and see if it's necessary. Right. And how do we in the public find out about the risk and benefits? Do we talk to you, the x-ray tag? Do we talk to our doctors? How? Yeah, I would say the doctors for sure. And then when you come in, if you have further questions, we have specific training in radiation safety. Right. So, yeah, you can speak to us. And then there's always our radiologists that are available to speak to. I've gotten them a few times when a patient's really concerned. I went and found one so they can have a discussion with the patient. But uh, ultimately, it's always the patient's decision. Yeah. Even if your doctor's advising you, it's your body, it's your choice. Right. Because the way it works in like the scheduling of all of this is that your doctor needs an answer to something. Right. They send you for these tests. Right. Then they get to meet you, the technician, mm-hmm. and then the radiologist gets that imaging and looks at it and reads it and sends it back to the doctor. To the original doctor. That's right. So... Initially, when you're given that prescription or the requisition for the procedure or the imaging, that's our job as being case managers for our own health to ask, okay, 
what are the risks of this? What are the benefits for this? And then making that informed decision. But ultimately, if we're talking to our family doctors for those things, they're not skilled in the effect that this, that RI can have on our bodies. That's more your field. So the first line of defense for me, I think, is asking that, that radiographic imaging technician, Hey, can you, you know, give me the lowdown on this? And also, I remember you saying to me one time that asking if you're assigned more than one requisition to ask, can this be limited? Right. Right? Yeah. Are all the x-rays necessary? Because even though maybe the doctors ordered one thing on you, it requires several images to get a proper view of that body part, whatever it is. Right. So there are some images that can be cut out. And uh, in that case, I'd probably go ask either the ordering physician or a radiologist to say, say, like, what can I cut out? This patient has some concerns. And then go from there. So we talked about how it's none of it is safe. So you work in this environment all day. Yeah. How are you protected? When it's just a general x-ray, like a chest x-ray and whatever, foot, ankle, we stand behind a wall that's lead-lined. Okay. So we are protected that way if we have to be in the room with the live active radiation then we have uh, lead jackets lead coats um so they come in a top and a bottom and we're fully covered okay and what what is the purpose of that the lead protects you from the radiation right so 100 (laughs) percent. well everything that's under the lead is completely protected right Um, yeah the radiation can't get through lead right it essentially deflects it. Okay. But yeah, everything that's exposed, yeah, it's exposed, but, but you can't fully protect everything. You can't protect your arms, your hands. Right. And I've seen on your uniform, I remember talking to you about this before, on your uniform, there's a calculator, right? Yeah. It's called a decimeter. So we get that monitored by uh, the government. Okay. And every three months, they swap it out we get a new one and they check to see what we've been exposed to and then we get a report saying we've been exposed and what our levels are so you have a counter on your body essentially right that and it tracks how many x-rays and images you've done so we have two we have one that we wear just in general x-ray and then if we're in the live fluoroscopy imaging There's a second one that's clipped on the outside of our lead. So we'll wear two in that instance. Wow. So one is measuring if anything has gotten through. Mm -hmm. The other one is measuring our head and neck amount of radiation. Right. So I guess for me, when I saw that on your person, I was like, wow, that's really interesting because... As a curious person, it's like, if she needs to be tracking how much she's exposed to, why am I not being tracked about what I'm exposed to? You know, there's times when you're hospitalized where you get an x-ray or an ultrasound daily. Well, ultrasound is sound. Right. Oh, sorry. An x-ray or an MRI or a CT, right? Yes. And so there are really no set limits, which is kind of scary. Basically, that's something you and your doctor need to monitor. Okay. Yeah. There's no set safe dose. 
Right. But, no, I did read that. And as we were doing research for this, I looked up to see what the safe dosage yeah. would be. And there isn't. Right. Because it's supposed to be as a needed basis. Mm-hmm. So obviously if you don't need it, don't get it. But right. There are definitely patients who are in the hospital that get an x-ray every day. Yeah. Especially chest and abdomens if they're monitoring something. Right. Is that it's a case right now with the pandemic? Yes. Especially in ICU, those patients are getting x-rays every day. And sometimes if they put in a line or some sort of tube on the patient, they'll get another one. So they can have several in one day. Wow. And of course, the medical system is charting that. But for me, I think to myself, I would not want that unless there was a change. The same as going to a dentist, right? Even though you're approved for through your benefits, if you are exposed to radiation in another way, during that same calendar year, maybe holding off on that dental yeah. x-ray That's right. if until, you know, a little later, until absolutely necessary. And I don't think people realize that. Well, actually, it's not that I don't think people realize. I know people don't yeah. realize that. Let's talk about during pregnancy, if a woman has a sinus infection or if she has something that's being monitored, the impact of that on the fetus. Let's go there. Do most women get to you and have no idea that this could be possibly a risk to her her um, her baby? I do find they they have at least a little bit of a knowledge that it's not great to get an extra when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. We do have signs up in our department that state if you're pregnant, please let us know. So we'll either have a discussion with you or we'll give you a lot of extra lead to make sure the baby's protected. Right. And again, sometimes we'll discuss things with them and they'll say, I want to hold off. A lot of women I find are nervous. You can just see that fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they should be. Yeah. Right. And then breastfeeding as well. I remember when I was breastfeeding, my medical doctor wouldn't send me for an x-ray. It hurt my back. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason, right? Because it crosses the barrier. Yeah, I don't think there's been a lot of studies done on that, but in theory, yes. Yes. So what should women be asking? The same thing that we talked about, asking... I think they need to ask themselves also, do I really need this x-ray? If you have a sinus infection, you can treat the sinus infection safely without it affecting the baby. So maybe that's a better route to go. That's something that would have to be discussed with their physician. But I mean, if you broke your ankle, yeah, you need to tend to that. You can't leave that even if you're pregnant, right? But then again, that's a minimum amount of radiation. And there's ways that we can decrease that, both with technical factors and just making the the size of the image smaller so you'll get less dose. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's ways of controlling it on your... On my end, yeah. Yeah. Is there a chance that it can be damaging to your reproductive organs? if you're exposed to it on a daily basis or or for a short time period, even as a young woman? More than likely, yes. But again, I don't think there's a lot of studies done on that because you need to do it on humans and who's going to consent to that kind of study. Right. Because three out of, like, as we talked about, three or four women are left out of research studies and nobody's volunteering as a pregnant woman. Let me be your guinea pig for, for, for research, right? Exactly. I want to talk about how they would kind of get information. So we talked a little bit about, obviously, the research is not done. Going to the internet is a bad idea. 
who's the greatest resource? In my mind, it would probably be a radiologist, but they're generally pretty busy, so sometimes they're difficult to access. But certainly if a patient comes in and they have concerns, I'll go look to see if there's one available to speak to them. Because they're usually up on all the studies. They're constantly reading and educating themselves. So I know when I have a question, there's usually one particular radiologist I go to because I know he's always reading about it. Yeah. And he kind of informs me of what's new. Right. But most individuals, when they're going in for RI, they're not speaking to the radiologist. So in that case, it'd probably be us and we would do our best to give them the information. Right. Would some of the the risk be of, you know, exposure? I know that if you're exposed to accidental radiation and you had no idea that you were pregnant in the early stages, there is obviously a big risk and that looks like no cell turnover. Right. Potentially, and then death, right? Yeah, you can scary. Right. And then also, it's also suggested to terminate. Yeah, I think it does have to be a bit of radiation to your pelvis in order for that to happen. Right. I don't know the exact number, but we do inform them that, like, if there's any chance, we can't be x-raying your pelvis. So, yeah, at that point, you know, they'll go get a pregnancy test usually to check that out. To make sure. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. If a woman was pregnant and exposed to a little more radiation, what could be some of the possible birth defects, I would imagine, would be the biggest? Lower birth weight. Yeah. Those are probably the two biggest ones. Yeah. Yeah. I have read some research that's club foot, club palate. Those are things that can come up. I mean, obviously... As we talked about, there's no research done on this. So we're just kind of reading off of some of the research we've already done. It'd be tough to prove any of that. Yes, absolutely. For that reason. Right. And I mean, obviously, as a pregnant woman, that's the biggest issue is that there's nothing out there. And also, I don't want to know about those women being used as guinea pigs either. But I think talking to each other and understanding and asking as much as you possibly can yep. would be the best. That's right. In your best interest and the best interest of your baby. Yep, yeah. That's right. And it's okay to ask those questions. I think I get people apologizing a lot. They will say, I'm sorry, I'm a pain. I'm like, it's not a pain. No. Like, you're allowed to ask these questions. Isn't that funny how women yeah. do that? We sit and we, even when we cry, we say we're sorry. When we're asking for information. Yeah. Medical doctors and medical professionals and experts like us, we're here to facilitate your health. Yep, that's right. We're, that's our job, right. right? It's no different than stopping a traffic cop to say, which way do I go? Right. <laughs> our job is right. to guide you with the best safety in mind. That's right. And sometimes the person that is sending you for this is not the best person to know the answers to the risk and benefits. But we, we are afraid to ask for what we need. And yeah. that needs to change. You are primarily responsible for your own health That's and right. your baby's health, not the doctor yeah. and not any other medical professional. Yeah, I have told patients that too. Like, I know the doctor recommended this, but if you don't want it, you get to have that discussion with the doctor That's and right. say, I'm really not sure about this. It's allowed. <laughs> yeah, You're allowed to have questions. Right. And we've been given permission, but yeah. we don't use it. That's right. We don't use it. What would be your solution to all of this? Just 
information. Like if people ask questions, it's okay. Sometimes I kind of volunteer info and, Mm -hmm. and tell them my perspective, but obviously it's always their decision. Yeah. Just getting as much information as you can. So ask, ask and ask again. And it's okay. Like sometimes, you know, they'll go speak to a nurse about it and then they'll go speak to a doctor and it's fine. Yeah, it is totally fine. I think when you said that, you know, going to ask a doctor and then sometimes asking the nurse and then asking us, you may, if that was me and I was doing that, I would feel like I was doing my best job to get the answers that I need for myself and my child. You get radiation exposure from everything. Even granite countertops will do it. (laughs) I guess I'm not getting granite. That's a good reason. It's minimal, but yeah, it's, it's there. Right. You get it from the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying is that you have to try to limit it as much as possible, but you also need to be informed. You're going to be exposed to it. Yes. But try to control a little bit of it as much as you can. Well, thank you for being here. That was a lot of information. (laughs) Like me, a lot of women don't know that. And also the difference between ultrasound and obviously ultrasound, it makes sense, but not understanding that as a pregnant woman and not being an expert in that field. So thank you for sharing all of that knowledge with me. I'm very grateful. No problem. You're welcome. (laughs) So ladies, Melina's main points were that... You should be asking, 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 and it's totally okay to ask many times. And if you're not comfortable and your gut tells you not to have the test done, to hold off and wait just a little bit if you can. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes I've even said to the patients, it's okay if you need to go and sit and think about it for a few minutes. Go ahead. Yeah. You're safe. You're okay right now. Yep. And we can wait till you're ready. That's right. Yeah. And we give you permission. I give you permission. (laughs) I give you permission also. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for listening today. And we'll talk soon. Talk to you soon. Okay. Let's talk soon.